Uh, what is your name and how do you spell it? My name is Mark Ponder. That is uh, capital M-A-R-K. P as in Paul, O-N-D-E-R. Okay. Uh, what is your history within the Francis Howell School District? Uh, well, I have uh, my only history within the Francis Howell School District is with my daughters. Um, I did not attend Francis Howell. Uh, my daughters uh, are very young. One is just starting out; she's in first grade, and the other one will be in kindergarten uh, next year. Uh, what is your educational background? Uh, my educational background is I uh, graduated high school in 1996. Uh, I attended college, and then I had to um, uh, make a decision uh, to either stay in college or go play professional baseball. And after a lot of grueling nights on which way to go, I decided that I could always go back to college, but I could not always go play professional baseball. So I went to go play professional baseball, and I am... Um, over the years, I have gone back and tried try to uh, continue to get my bachelor's degree, uh, but uh, as it sits now, I am still working toward that. Um, the, it, it really, as I, as I have worked my way up within my company and other companies, it has just not become a necessity for me. I mean, I'm, I'm an area manager for one of the largest um uh, automotive lenders uh, in the United States, so it's just not a necessity for me at this point. Uh, however, that is one of the things that uh, my wife and I uh, really try to put at the forefront because my wife is a graduate of uh, the University of Missouri, and I've had to work so much harder than she has because I have not completed my bachelor's degree, and she has. Um, so, you know, we're trying to teach our girls the difference in, in, you know, how much harder you do have to work to, um, to attain your goals when you don't have that versus when you do. Uh, so what is your current occupation? I'm a, I'm a market area manager for an, uh, an automotive lender. Uh, what made you decide to run for the Board of Education? out of my line of sight, 
most of the day. So one of the things that I really uh, that that really caught my eye back when I was contemplating running and talking to people was the the, the physical irresponsibility of the uh, the, the previous. How would you describe yourself as a candidate? you 
not really taking in what you're saying. And I've learned over the years, I'm, I'm, you know, in my, in my early to mid forties now. And one of the things that I've always learned is to really listen and then think about what they said before you actually answer the question. Because if you just start blurting things out, you may use the wrong tone. You may give uh, the wrong impression and you may end up uh, with the person that asked you the question walking away with something that you did not mean to say. So that's really what I, I, I want to uh, let people know who I am is, is that. And, and one of the things that really, I really want to push that uh, through for the district, uh, one of the reasons I want to push that through to the district is because I, I've sat, I sat through several um, board meetings um, and I've, I heard some of the, the, the current board members ask questions um, and make statements and, you know, talking to people for a living and really trying to listen, um, there were, there were words that were said and questions, um, about those words that were never asked. And it was just like, no one really had any interest in what the other one had to say. No one had any follow-up questions and no one really was, was holding a lot of accountability toward the people that, that need to be held accountable. And I, I think that that's, that's one of the things that I can bring to the table because that's who I am. I'm the, I'm the person in the room that asks the uncomfortable questions in a way that, that makes people respond and, and really helps the, the, the circumstances, whatever they may be, to, to get resolved. So how do you think the current Board of Education is doing now? Uh, overall, 
How do you feel about the school district's curriculum? Um, that's a great question. Um, I, I really focus on what my, my daughter is learning um, as, as we're going through, and I really think that she is, you know, she's doing very well in math, and, and I think she's excited um, at that age. And I think that's kind of the point at that age is to, to get them excited about their schoolwork and get them excited to do the work and enjoy the curriculum. Um, I think that um, while a lot of the curriculum, even in the in the uh, elementary, uh, middle school, and high school levels, is absolutely you know pertinent to a, a, an elite academic uh, uh, education, um, I think again going back to the, the school board uh, as well, I think a lot of these distractions can be eliminated, and, and we need to put our, our our eye on the ball again. Um, I, I don't think that focusing on things like uh, that that would um, that would implement any sort of racial division is a good thing. Um, I don't think that uh, you know pitting students against each other or focusing on anything that would um, distract students toward um, or distract the students away from their their goal uh, to actually graduate you know it, uh, with, with a with a great academic career. Um, or, a, or a great sports career. I don't think any of those distractions help the issues at hand. Um, I also don't think that there's any there are any students um, that have a clear malice towards one, one another and bringing these things up and focusing um, the the um, uh, the magnifying glass on these things. I think only contributes to a further divide um, and, and versus actually. Um, really focusing on the academics at hand and getting, you know, back to the actual basics and focusing on the basics of uh, the education. Like I said before, the, the math, the science, the reading, the writing, uh, the, the, the language, et cetera. Is there anything in the curriculum that you would try to change if you were elected? Well, I think that's a great question. Um, I would have to take a deeper dive into all of the curriculum. Um, I, I, I do know that there was there there are some um, talks and have been some talks about the uh, bringing in or taking out of further uh, um, AP courses and things like that, which I took a lot of uh, when I was uh, in school. Um, I enjoyed them; they really challenged me, and I think that. Um, keeping those in the school is something that I would be uh, very much for. Um, I don't think that placing all students on one level does any student any good. Um, it may benefit some, but it may hinder others. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, again, back to a baseball reference, you don't get better by playing a team that is at the same level as you. You get better by playing a team that is better than you and, and, and being challenged out there in the field. And in this case, the field is academics. And I think that every student needs to be challenged um, uh, with, with uh, learning, whatever that, whatever that level may be for that individual student. I think that's, that is what I would actually focus on uh, the most is making sure that any of the curriculum that is in, that is in the schools is challenging the, the students on their level versus bringing them down or pushing them up to, you know, if you bring a student down, um, it's going to be easy for them. They're not going to be challenged. 
if you bring a student up to something that they're not quite ready for, they're going to fail. So I, I think there's got to be a balance of the curriculum at that point and, um, and making sure that the students that can be and want to be challenged, um, it is available to, to them and the students that are, are still making their way there understand uh, that it is available in the future if they want, if they want to actually uh, uh, get out there and do it. Now, critical race theory is a, is a subject that has come up a lot in school boards around the, around the country. Uh, you mentioned it a bit earlier. How do you feel about the district's current treatment of the topics associated with it? Um, I grew up in Ferguson, Missouri, and race um, was both the most important thing about you and the least important thing about you. And I know that seems very confusing, but what I mean by that is, when I, are you there? Uh, yeah. Hello? Hello? Oh, sorry about that. I, I, I heard somebody else's voice. Oh. Um, what, I, what I was saying was, um, we all knew that we were different, but it didn't make a difference. You know, we, we played on sports teams together. We, we went to church together. We did everything together, and we didn't really know what, what that was. How do you feel about the district's current use of standardized testing? And do you think that we are seeing good results from them? to a 
one-size-fits-all type of program. And while standard test, standardized testing may be a valuable asset, a asset to uh, a lot of the district, I think some students might struggle. And I think what we need to do is identify those students that do struggle with those standardized tests and try to make sure that they are able to actually compete with the kids that do take those tests well um, and, and make sure that they're able to um, per perform to the best of their abilities. Um, I, like I said, I know that I struggled with those when I was, a, when I was your age. And uh, I, I wish that there was some sort of um, just some sort some sort of assist uh, that I could have had to to try to help me to get better at that, or or really um, um, help me to understand what I exactly what I was uh, trying to achieve in those in those in some of those tests. So, what are your thoughts on different fiscal policies? Uh, can you go a little bit deeper into that? Yeah. Uh, what type of fiscal policies do you most support for the district? Well, um, I'll start by what I don't support. Um, I don't support um, just basically blank checks to whoever wants the money. Um, uh, take Prop S uh, for that uh, in, in that example. Um, you know, a lot of it was done without very much transparency. Um, and that led to the egregious overspending. Um, while I, I do believe that certain things were necessary, obviously uh, a new high school was necessary. Security vestibules were necessary. Um, I think that there should have been a lot more oversight and a lot more transparency uh, to the to the general public, who was who was basically the support system for the for Prop S, and who generously gave uh, that money to the district. So um, my fiscal policy would, would be absolute transparency and a clear-cut focus and magnifying glass on everything coming in and everything going out. And, and, and again, listening to the public, um, hearing what they have to say and, and, and providing them with the answers that they need in order for them to understand exactly where their money is being spent and how um, it, it is being utilized. That would, that would, that is, in every other aspect of uh, of my world, uh, that that's how I operate. I, I you know I, I look at my personal finances and I think, well, you know, I, I don't spend this frivolously. I, I earn this money. I have to do things the right way in order to to provide the right things for my family. And I think that going to the, the, uh, going into the district with that mindset is uh, is absolutely the only way that it that it should be um should be looked at uh fiscal transparency is, is key especially after um what happened with the uh the approvals of, of prop s and how that money was spent i think it's i think i think the public only deserves that so how do you feel about the current allocation of funding in the district the current allocation of funding um are, are you speaking about uh how the how prop s is uh, being used currently? Uh, not just Prop S, but in general, where the money goes that the district brings in. Um, I'll say this. I think that there needs to be a lot more scrutiny on how that money is spent, where that money is spent, whether the, the people of the district would agree to fund that. I think that's what we have to really take a look at every time we spend a dollar. Um, 
would, would, would the general public be okay with us spending their money on X, Y, and Z? And if the answer is, well, we're not sure, well, then maybe then that needs another look. If the answer is yes, then, and it's, a, it's unanimous, then obviously we need to go that route. Um, but I think that, that, that there's clearly a, um, uh, clearly a, a, a climate of overspending, of, of lack of fiscal irresponsibility, and that all needs to be reined in. Um, and, and again, you know, providing that transparency to the public, it's their money. Uh, you know, I pay my taxes every every year. I see what I pay to the school district, and and that's again, that's one of the reasons why I'm running. I see how much I pay, uh, and then I see the the waste at at that level, and and I just don't I, I don't agree with with a lot of the things that have been spent, especially with Prop S. Um, but I think there needs to be some oversight on that for for certain. So, talking more about Prop S, how do you feel that the board handled the spending uh, from Prop S? I think that that was one of the things, one of the most egregious things I've seen, um, where some of it was done by a few people behind closed doors, uh, with left with no transparency. Um, I, I I don't know of anybody that really knew what was going on until it was done, until it was over, and and then you know I just don't really um, agree with the way that the money was spent, obviously. Um, I think that the, the lack of transparency by the board and by the administration was, was something that, that could only be considered um, corrupt at worst. Uh, and, and I really, you know, while, the, while some of the things were needed, um, the overspending of that is now probably going to cause um, them to come back for more money when the when the overspending could have been used for other um, uh, other expenses in the district that are vastly needed throughout a lot of the uh, um, a lot of the, the buildings and facilities throughout the district, and now that money is gone, that money has been spent, and we have to uh, try to figure out where that money is going to come from again. So, how would you try to help with these staffing issues in the district? not as familiar with um, just because it's, you know, starting out, I, I just started looking into all of this stuff um, a few, a couple months ago. And while I understand that there are some staffing issues, um, I also understand that our teachers, you know, make, I, I want to say it was roughly $7,000 on average more than uh, for Zumwalt's teachers. Um, however, for ever, uh, I, I've had teachers that have been friends and family. Um, I've had, um, I've seen the sacrifices. I know that a lot of their, uh, their, their compensation is going back into the school district. They're having to provide their classrooms and their students with, um, with, with their own, with, with tools from their own money. Um, and I think that there should be a way, uh, really to support those teachers in, and, and, and providing those things so that they don't have to pull it out of their own pockets. Um, in my current job, if I have an expense, I submit that expense for reimbursement. And that, if that's not a thing within the Francis House School District, I think it should be, uh, because I don't really believe that teachers should be taking that out of their own pockets. That, that's money that should be used for their families. Um, now, that addressing that type of thing 
within the district, I think is, is really going to solve some of the problems with the lack of staffing. Um, a lot of times, people you know people don't leave jobs that they're happy with. They they leave jobs that work when they're unhappy and and they find somewhere else to go that that is going to help them provide for their families more. Um, I think focusing on and again going back to listening to these teachers, uh, I don't I don't know if it's possible. But one of the things that I that I I, I would really like to reach out to the teachers and, and let them know is I, I, I want to hear these things. I want to hear the suffering. I want to hear the, the struggles. I want to hear what's going on in the classroom and what I can do to help. And I, I think that that may be lacking um, because I, I think some of the teachers feel, well, you know, I, I can't say anything directly to the board because I have to go through my union. I can't say anything directly to the union because, you know, uh, then I, I'm not sure if it's going to get going to get back to the board. I think, you know, I think there's there's a lack of communication that, that is happening. And I think if we, we're all willing to just sit down and listen to each other, you know, in a big room and, and collaborate and, and try to get some cooperation together, I think that that would help to um, eliminate some of the, some of the struggles uh, within the district as far as staffing is concerned. Um, I think, of, I think the other part of it is, you know, maybe, Maybe their you know teachers have, have moved on to other um, other, uh, other other jobs. Maybe they're not teaching anymore. Uh, maybe there is just a lack of teachers. And one of the things that we need to do is bring back this district to a level uh, to which is is um, um, it, it really helps the, the the teachers you know locally and and further away think. Hey, I, you know where I want to go? I want to go teach at Francis Hall because because I've heard a lot of good things from the teachers there, and I heard that they're treated really well, and I, and I hear that they're given the tools. Um, so I think a lot of that is going to be word of mouth um, getting out as well. So um, changing the climate, I think, is is really one one of the things that that we need to uh, to need to work on there. Uh, moving away from the financial policies, uh, what would you do to try to help the students within the district? to open up their ears a little bit and listen to what's going on. 
collaborate with the board and get this back to an elite uh, academic organization that will help you guys really get to the futures that, that you see um, that you've always wanted. And uh, I, I just don't, uh, I don't feel that, that a whole lot of that is happening at this point. All right. So with the prevalence of mass shootings in America, how do you feel about the safety of our school district? Uh, well, uh, again, I've got a daughter in school. I've got a daughter on her way to school. And um, the safety of my children and the children around her, the teachers, the administration is at the absolute forefront. A lot of my friends, uh, actually my best friend is a, is a police officer. Um, my brother-in-law is a police officer. Um, a, a lot of people that have been very important in my life have been police officers, and I think they should absolutely be present in school. Um, but, I, but I also remember a, a guy by the name of Officer Friendly that used to come in and speak to us about, uh, uh, about the relationship with the police and, and how to view them and, and what to think uh, um, in, in, in certain circumstances and how to, how to react in certain circumstances. Um, my, my daughter goes through some of those things at school. She tells me about them, and, and you can kind of, I can kind of feel that there's a, a, a an uncomfortable emotion there when she's talking about it. And that's one of the things that I think we need to remove is she needs to be more comfortable, you know, seeing police officers, seeing how they operate, making sure that the, the officers are are involved in the school. Um, I you know I know that the district pays these officers a lot to be in the schools, and, and I think it's the officer's duty to to have that relationship with the kids and, and not just be a presence. They need to have the relationship. They need to under the, the kids need to understand that that police officers uh, in their school are people of authority that are there to help them and not just get them in trouble. Um, but I, I really do, uh, uh, Gavin. That is that is one of the the things that are at the forefront of my mind every single day when I drop my girl uh, off at school. Is is she going to be safe? And I and I I can only hope that the police officer on duty that day at school is um, is there to save her life in the, in the event of any any tragedy. Um, and and I know that judging by just the people that are closest to me that are police officers, they take an oath that they are there for all of our safety. And if that, that police officer is in school to do that, he will, he or she will do that uh, for certain. So I, I have all the faith in the world uh, with these officers in the schools. Um, I, I, I just do, I, I really, really want to um, make sure that they have that relationship while they're there and, and really try to strive to help the kids understand exactly who they are, what they do, and, and what, uh, what kind of people they are in the community. Do you think that there is an issue with mental health in our school district? Um, I think there's an issue with mental health everywhere, um, not just within school districts, um, and there has been for millennia. I think with the with the advent of social media and um, and, and other media outlets, there that has been that has come to the forefront and it's more visible at this point. So. Yeah, I think that there's always going to be an issue with with the, that kind of thing. Um, but I, I really do believe it's how we operate within it, how we treat those people with those issues. Um, if we if we are even willing to identify it and and, and uh, um, uh, coordinate.
coordinate with the parents on their student having a mental issue. Um, I think that, that that's most important because the, the, uh, the, the parents are the people that are going to have to um, help this child through their life. It's, it's not as if, you know, once the, 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 the student graduates, that that mental illness goes away. It's just that while they're within Francis Howell, that mental issue uh, has been um, identified, and it's up to everybody to collaborate um, and get a game plan together um, in, in order to help the kid the best. Um, and and each, I, I, I'm, I'm certain that each child is 100% different from the, from the next with regard to those issues. It's, uh, again, it can't be a one-size-fits-all type of program um, because uh, each student's going to deal with their issues differently. Now, do you think that schools should educate their students about different sexual identities? Um, I don't, and here's why. Um, because in my view, that is, as a parent, that's stepping on my toes. That's, that's coming into my house. Now, I don't think that they should be treated any differently while they're in school. Um, I just, I, I, I would prefer that if the uh, administration is going to implement any type of sexual um, uh, uh, classes or uh, sexual talks in classes, that it sticks to the basics of sexuality and the biology behind it. Um, uh, and, and speaking more to that, I, you know, I, I don't think every child is. Uh, it can't be a one size fits all. I don't think any. I don't think every child is the same when it comes to their sexuality. Some are ready to speak about sex and, and, and even gender far sooner than others. Um, and I think that if the school is to implement that, then uh, again, uh, and whether it be gender uh, gender studies or just um, sexual biology, um, I think that has to be at the right time. And we just, some students, it's just not the right time for. Some some students, it is um, too soon. Some students, it's too late. Some students, it's, it's just right. And to take that on as a district, I, I don't think um, uh, is, is, is a good thing. I think it's, it's distracting. Um, however, I, I, I don't believe that, that students that do have um, uh, uh, some different gender identity um, than what uh, they, they were born with should be treated any differently whatsoever at school. And as a matter, matter of fact, I think that if they are treated dif differently, they should be, um, uh, um, that should be considered discrimination against them and the people that do that should be held accountable. Uh, do you think that schools should limit what information is available in their libraries? Uh, that's a, that's a, a multifaceted question. The answer is yes and no. Um, and the reason I say that is because we, let, let's identify libraries. Are we talking about the library that my daughter um, or, or kids of her age can, can access? Or are we talking about high school? Um, are we talking about public libraries? Uh, I mean, I, I really think that, that the, the, the parents are right. Whether they think they should be in the library or they think they shouldn't be in the library, the parents are the people that should be the ones to, to control that sort of thing. If, if I as a parent don't want my child to view certain things in the library, then that 
should not be available to my child. That's my right as a parent um, up until they you know, turn a certain age as deemed by the government. Um, they are still my child and they're under my care and I'm responsible for them. And um, I, I, I don't believe that a school district or a library within the district should be able to say, well, you know, these books, whether they be about, you know, pornography or sexuality or, you know, ancient history for that matter, should be available to all students. Uh, again, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's about painting things with a broad brush and saying this is a one-size-fits-all solution um, when only certain parents may agree and other parents may not. So I think that, you know, much like when, when I grew up, there was an, uh, on, um, you, you, you probably, I don't know if you've ever seen one of these before, but a, a compact disc, if you were to buy one, um, if you're young enough to where you, you never had to, um, but you should, um, if you ever had to buy one with explicit lyrics, there was a, a label on that that said, hey, parents, this particular uh, uh, album by this artist has explicit lyrics in it, and you should understand that they have to be a certain age to, to buy this. And that if you if they are going if you are going to allow them to do it, there is there are explicit lyrics that may um, uh, hurt their tiny little ears. And um, I think that that should be uh, something that's implemented into in the schools if it hasn't been already um, at, at every level. So speaking of parents, do you think that parental influence over schools is important? I do. Uh, I do. Again, it goes back to. Um, of the district are the people that, that pay for the district. They should have a say. They should have a right to, 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 to try at least to collaborate and coordinate things with the teachers. So we should all be partners in this. As a parent, I'm looking at me as a board member and thinking I should be a partner with these, with these people. As a parent, I'm looking at, at Mrs. Uh, uh, Mrs. Carr as my first grade, uh, as my first grader's teacher, and I'm thinking, I really like the collaboration between me and Mrs. Carr and, and, and my wife. That's, that's the way that it should be. You know, if, if, if Mrs. Carr has an issue with something that Isla did that day, she lets me know. And that should be throughout the district. So, uh, but, but also, if there's something that I think my daughter needs, I can go to Mrs. Carr and say, hey, can you try to do this for her in the class? I know it may be something that, that is an extra step or whatever. Um, is this something that's possible? So there's a collaboration that, that needs to happen uh, between the parents and the district. Now, I also understand that each parent is different. So, again, going back to that broad brush, there are things that we need to do for in the curriculum that needs to be um, uh, implemented with a broad brush. But those tiny little tweaks um, uh, can be made and should be made uh, because the parents need to, are the people that are going to be um, there for those children children far after they graduate. So while we have them here we, within the district, we should be collaborating with the parents to do what's best for, for the kids in the district. How would you try to keep everyone's voices heard as a member of the board? Listen, um, I mean, that, again, I've, I've been to several board meetings. I have um, uh, watched several board meetings, and... There has been at times uh, um, some issues with people just listening. They're sitting up there and they're hearing what the people that are speaking are saying. And and sometimes you just kind of see this glazed over look in their eyes or they're looking.
looking down at their laptop. Um, it's one thing to be reading some notes about the subject. It's another thing to just sit there and, 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 and not pay attention. I was brought up in a world where um, if, if someone is speaking to you, you look them in the eye and you give them the respect that they deserve, um, whether you agree with their position or not. And, you know, you, you stand up when you shake somebody's hand. It's, it, it's out of respect. And, and I really think that, that the board needs to have a, and hold a certain respect for the parents uh, of, of the district and, and really get back to listening to them, providing them a forum um, uh, and, and making sure that the parents understand. A lot, of it, a lot of parents don't even know how to access the online board meetings. They don't know where to go for board meetings. Um, they, and, and some of them may just may, may not care. But I also think that some of those parents would care if we just kind of reached out to them. I mean, what what, what is the harm in, in maybe a board member reaching out to a parent, you know, a, a different parents, you know, once in, once a week and saying, hey, I'm, you know, I'm Mark Ponder. I'm a, I'm, I'm a board member of, of, of Francis Hall Board of Education. I just wanted to reach out to you and see how your, uh, how you think your student is doing and how is your experience within Francis Hall? You know, why, why, why is that a thing? Uh, why isn't that a thing? I've never heard from any of my board members. Um, it's always up to the parents to reach to the, to the board. Why, why can't the board reach down to the parents, you know, randomly and just see how things are going? Um, I think that should be something that's implemented. All right. Moving along now, do you think that more vaccines should be required for students or for teachers? Um, do you, are you speaking about certain vaccines? Uh, yeah, the COVID vaccine for one, but just in general, do you think that more vaccines should be required? No, I don't. Um, I think that, that parents have a good grasp on who their children are and what their children need. Um, with regards to the COVID vaccine, um, I, 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 I don't believe, or I believe that parents really understand whether they want to um, implement those vaccines uh, within their children and their, and their uh, vaccine regimen. Um, I think that should be something that is left up to the parents. Um, obviously, I think that, you know, some of the, the MMR vaccines and stuff like that are, are necessary in order to prevent those types of things and have been done, I mean, since I was a kid or, or, or longer. Um, so I think those are, are, are just fine where they are, but I, I think that implementing these new vaccines, um, uh, un, until we know exactly, you know, how these are going to, um, uh, what, what the, what the, um, what the results are, you know, far into the future and how the, how those affected the kids that actually did take them. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know that, that every parent would be comfortable with, with, you know, sticking another needle in, in their kid's arm on something that, that you know, we, we just don't know um, is going to uh, operate in the same way as some of the other vaccines that, they're, that they need to, um, uh, that, that, that the parents are required to get. So, no, I think that those types of, especially the COVID vaccines, I think that those types of vaccines are, are and should be uh, left up to the parents to implement within their kids. How much direct control do you think the Board of Education should have over the schools in the district? Um, I think the Board of Education's control, um, while should be, um, I, I think it. I think it currently is at, at a level to where it is consistent with what it should be. 
needs more power. The board needs to do this. The board needs to be able to do this, uh, do that. And they are currently prohibited by doing that. Well, then that's the voice of the people. Um, uh, I think a lot of people oftentimes forget that the board is of the people and by the people and for the people of the district. So I, I do think that while they do have a lot of power, there are at times um, uh, uh, powers that need to be reined in or powers that do need to be given. Um, uh, I, I, I really... What are you looking for? That, that, is, a, that is a very good question that, that I think should be answered um, at the ballot box each and every time. Um, but I also think that with that power comes great responsibility. And there hasn't been, uh, again, going back to the, the relationships and, 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 and the collaboration between the, the board and the administration, a board cannot just be a rubber stamp. A board needs to be exactly what the people elected them to be, and that is someone to provide oversight and transparency to the public that provides the funds that run the district. And I think that there should be a collaboration between the people of the district, the board, and the administration. How do you feel about state or federal regulation of the school district? Well, just in general, how much uh, how much influence do you think are you comfortable with the state and federal governments having over the school districts? Um, I think there should be some oversight there. Um, you know, you have to hold the, the people accountable that hold the people accountable. Um, I think that while they they should have some um, right, you know state regulations uh, in, in order to govern the entire body, I think that the board exists for a reason, and that is to regulate it at a, at, a, at, a, at a more personal level in the actual district that's being affected. Um, operating a district from Jefferson City is exactly why school boards exist, so that we can operate on our own and have um, limited regulation from, uh, from Jefferson City, from you know, the, the, the actual government itself. Um, and I think that's where it needs to stay. So while there should be some sort of oversight to hold, you know, a, a standard of, uh, available for everybody. I think that that should be limited in scope um, and, uh, and and leave it up to the actual people of the district that were voted to the board by um, the voters in their in their respective um, areas. All right. Uh, I'm about done here now. Thank you so much for everything you've answered today. Uh, what is uh, one more thing that you would like the voters to know about you and your candidacy?
You know, how is this, and, and not just then, what decision, what, how are the decisions that I make going to affect everybody um, going forward? You know, I may, make, I may make a decision right now or after April that may affect you greatly right now, but you're leaving soon. And, and you're going to go off into your, into your you know, collegiate career or, or, um, or job and, or whatever it is that you decide to do, and that's going to affect my daughter for a long, long time. So I often say to my wife when certain subjects come up, I just say, where does it end? You know, where do these, where, what, what is the, the final outcome of these decisions, and, and how is it going to affect, uh, affect people in the future? So, again, I, I really want to make sure that, that, the, that the student body themselves know that I'm available. I, I'm there to help you. I'm there to, to collaborate with you. If you ever want to talk to me again, Gavin, just call me. Uh, my name is Mark. My name is not Mr. Ponder. I, I want to be that guy on that board that really sits down with you guys and, and makes this a better place to learn and teach. And I think we get away with that when we start focusing on some of the other things in, in, in the political climate and, and, and the like and, and get distracted and take our eye off the ball. And I will not take my eye off the ball. That is that that is a promise to you guys and, and the teachers of this district. All right. Uh, thank you so much. I don't have any other questions. Uh, sorry again for the delayed start. Uh, but thank you for taking your time to do this interview. Right. No problem, Gavin. If you have any further questions, don't be afraid to call me. I, uh, again, I'm I'm an open person. I, I'm really uh, available for you and, and your student body. If anybody else wants to reach out to me, um, just shoot me an email or text or or, uh, or, or give me a call, and I'm happy to, to either sit down or or, uh, or talk to anybody that is willing to uh, hear my views. All right. Well, have a good rest of your day. You too. Thanks, sir. Bye.